This episode of the Nerdball Podcast is sponsored by Jake Paluski at Real JP Multimedia. He does the music for this podcast. He has produced this podcast. If you need anything audiovisual done, he is the man to see at realjp.com, R-E-E-L-J-P.com. Let's start the show. Hello, this is Joe Morgan, and you're listening to the Nerdball Podcast. is the Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. All right, Joe, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Um, I haven't seen you in a while, right. uh, minus the, the Mike Czar show, yes. which, which was pretty awesome. That was awesome. I, I don't know if I've been to a, a funnier show, but if I have, it's been a long time, and yeah. it, was, it was pretty close to the top, so that was as good as it gets. Yeah, and, and the, the cool thing about uh, being around... You know, comedy for for so long, and and we'll get to everything that you've been involved in. But I I've been around Mike for a while, and yeah. it's cool to hear. And I don't know if he cares or not, but to hear jokes that he told like three years ago, <laughs> yeah. to hear him again, like yeah. it made me feel like comfortable or like, man, I've been around this guy for a while. And know? I was still laughing at him. Yeah. Just as, and I have all along, like from the start mm-hmm. to three months into hearing it every week. It it. I don't know how he does it, but you, it just doesn't get old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like I said, it's like a comfortability factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes you feel like, man, I was born, I was one from the beginning, or something right. like a part of this thing, you <laughs> right. know. And 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 it's cool, and that that room was really cool too. Yes, yeah, that was my first time there. Yeah, me too. I heard a lot about it. It was a building with, I think maybe four different rooms or or something, three yep. different rooms. Uh, it was it was a pretty neat building too. Yeah. yeah. So have you been, uh, I've met you doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been, did you grow up in Toledo? Did you grow up around here? No, I uh, grew up in Livonia, Michigan. Okay. And I've been, I moved to Toledo in 2004 um, and then to Temperance in 2017. Oh, okay. And I've been there ever since Oh, so I made, I made you drive all the way down here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I've, as you know, uh, I've had further drives. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you grew up, you grew up in uh, Livonia. Right. Um, and did you, you're, you've been doing comedy, improv, a bunch of stuff. Is that something you grew up enjoying? As yeah. A- um, I, I guess the, my first memory was SNL, just mm-hmm. being on board with that for as long as I can remember. What was the, what was the first cast that you remember you really enjoyed? Oh boy. Um, it, I think it was the original, uh, not ready for primetime. I must've been, I don't know, six, oh, five really? or okay. six. Yeah. yeah. And my parents loved it and we stayed up and watched yeah. and and then went through the the Eddie Murphy and Piscopo years, and that's where I really started to really remember things okay. and try to do impersonations of them and and all that. And yeah. it's it, I've been on board with that ever since. Yeah, that's uh, I I remember watching. I think I think I was like a Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. Sher- Sherry O'Terry. Um, that that's when I remember like first seeing it, um, and that's. I don't remember when I decided I wanted to be on stage. And right. I knew it wasn't then because I was super shy right. uh, growing up. But uh, but that was something that that got me into like um, got me into even Chevy Chase stuff. Yep. Like I never I saw I think the the first movie that of his I saw was Christmas Vacation, and yep. I'm like, wait, there's more of these? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that and uh, Fletch was, was oh, a big favorite of mine, and yes. Caddyshack. And, yes. I even yeah. like Fletch too. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of people don't. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but yeah, I, I yeah. enjoyed it when I saw it. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. good enough. So, so starting out, uh, little Joe down in Livonia, and then um, what made you want to move, or what moved you down to Toledo? 
Oh, I was um, I was working in radio, like in the behind the scenes office side of radio, like placing commercials. Okay. Um, that was up in Lansing, in Lansing, Michigan, and um, uh, my girlfriend and wife at the time, we both had family roots in uh, west side of Detroit. And she had family in Toledo. It was a little closer to to our families and a little more money on the doing the same work. Oh, okay. Um, and we were just ready for a change and not as much driving for family stuff. So that's that's what got us down here. Is that radio? Is that what you went to school for? Did um, I was an English major, but my my main pursuit, like my goal, um, growing up was was radio and it just i was like 20 years too late (laughs) because this was the 90s when everything got uh deregulated and and um uh stations were being bought up and consolidated Mm. and automated and there just weren't the opportunities that there once were and those opportunities were homogenized and just bland yeah and i didn't feel like making six bucks an hour for 10 years yeah (laughs) so yeah it was I mean, I'm glad I did it. I got a, got on air a little bit here and there. It's in, at a small station, and in college. Do you remember your first time being on air? Oh yeah, yeah. It was um, up at uh, Impact '89 at uh, Michigan State, and I was like one of the new recruits at the end of the spring semester, going into summer. And uh, as I was being trained, they did a uh, an EAS alert warning or mm-hmm. alert test. Okay, and. Uh, and like I lived in panic ever after that because it was very upsetting and unsettling to to be a part of it, and yeah. I didn't have to go through one again for I think maybe once later on. It, by then, it was no big deal. But yeah, that's where that's where the I got on air, and then uh, shortly before I moved to Lansing, I got a a, sat- a job on Saturday nights at ninety two five in Owasso, Michigan, mm-hmm. um, and and that was an all request radio station. And that was a lot of fun. Oh, I mean, wow. it, it chewed up my Saturday nights. It was like six to midnight, and like for the first few months, I was living in Westland, Michigan, near Livonia. So I'd be driving up, you know, every Saturday night for that, and then driving back. And some dude, <laughs> like every week at nine thirty, he would request the, the the ballad of the Edmund Fitzgerald or the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And I'm trying to do this high energy like Aguilera yeah. and <laughs> and uh, Eminem and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah. um... Could I hear the Edmund Fitzgerald? <laughs> and you're like, Tom, quit like, calling. Yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> Killing my vibe. Like, Sunday morning. It's a Sunday morning song and everybody knows it. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, could you tell people no? Or, or you say, okay, yeah, and then just never play it? Uh, I could tell people no, but I I always felt bad when I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would tell them, like, yeah, we'll see. And if it was, like, if things were dying down by 11, 1130, I'm like, Boy, I, sh- I sure hope he's not passed out <laughs> right now in his in his uh, you know cloak of drudgery that, to honor the the fallen. Yeah, it was. Whew. Yeah, I hope wherever he is, I hope I hope he's <laughs> I hope he's doing okay. That was here's like, your song. It's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, every Saturday. Yeah, every Saturday. Oh man. Yep. And, and the the. The feeling you had as you got closer to nine thirty, like yeah. this dude's calling, yeah, and I got to deal with it. Yeah, and I just, you know, just written from the euphoria of hitting nine o'clock on a Saturday from Billy Joel from Piano Man. Sometimes okay. I would catch that, like, oh, it's nine o'clock on a Saturday. 
And it's been a month since I've done it. Yeah, we'll throw that on there. <laughs> oh, yeah, you had to space it out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It can't be, you know, I'd, I'd be just as, I'd be no better than the Fitzgerald guy sure. <laughs> if, I, if I did it every week. I don't yeah. want to be that guy. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet you'd be good at, I mean, because you can just talk to people. So just constantly talking to people. Hey, what do you want to hear? It was fun. Around. Yep. There, I, were people ever like, hey, I want to hear the song because of this and like tell you a story or anything? Uh, occasionally. Yeah. Occasionally. And there'd be dedications. Yeah. Um, you know, and these were, uh, these were a simple folk. They're, sure. <laughs> they're uh, rural. I mean, no offense to their, our rural listeners, but um, yeah, Owasa wasn't really a swing in town, so we'd get um, you know, high, so, high schoolers like dedicating songs to each other. That was or or uh, shot this one out to my grandma aunt, yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there was some of that, and <laughs> the coworkers at the quarry. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, yeah. Well, that's cool. That's a. Uh, I mean, I mean, this now is is radio more or less now with podcasting, yeah. you know, and and it is a even a thing I didn't know I wanted to do, but mm-hmm. it's it's cool to know, like, hey, I want to do radio, and then like you said, unfortunately, it crashed a little bit, yeah, and kind of dampened your spirits there. Um, but you you were you still working in radio at that time, besides right. not on the radio, but doing behind behind the scenes stuff. Yep, yep, and that was good enough to get like radio perks, like concert tickets and stuff like yeah. that, which was really really helpful. Cool. You are you a big concert guy? Yes. Oh. Yep. Uh, always have been. Really, yeah. I think my first concert was in was I was fourteen. I think. Okay. It was in excess, actually. Okay. All right. And Ziggy Marley. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's just been a lot of shows ever since, and I always have. There's only been one where I was just like, hmm. <laughs> been, like disappointed. If there were just tickets available, would you just be like, all right, I'll, I'll check it out? Sometimes, I don't know. Yeah. sometimes. Um, you can bump, you can bump that up, yeah. just so you're not leaning. Oh yeah, like leaning uh, thanks. Yeah, um, it's uh, some I, innuendo I, to be had there, but we'll pass on. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I feel like it's just because, like, well, I'm not doing anything this Thursday evening. I'll mm-hmm. go check out whatever. Yeah, there was know? some of that. Yeah, I think I ended up seeing Ario Speedwagon that way. And plus, uh, a lot of times it would be um, uh, there'd be other people from work that were going. Oh, okay, like, hey, we've got extra tickets. You want to go? Sure, I want to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how I went to my the the two concerts I've been to in my life. Two. Oh dear. I, I I mean, I've said it here before. I I just. I don't know. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I enjoy music. Um, I went to a Dashboard Confessional um, concert. A mm-hmm. friend of mine bought a ticket for me. And that and I think that same friend bought a ticket to Taste the Chaos at the sports arena. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But other than that, I don't know. My wife, on the other hand, she would go all the time when she mm-hmm. was younger. She'd go with her older sister. I mean, they would see a lot. They bought the... The heyday of Britney Spears. Oh, there they you bought go. Britney Spears tickets just to see the opening band because it was uh, like a boy band, right? <laughs> Either O Town or I think O Town. Nice. Um, but they, you know, that's that's that just wasn't my jam. But I can appreciate it. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people like you, yourself that likes that stuff. Yep. What do you what do you what do you get out of it? What what do you like about going to see live music? It's a good question because because uh, I was going to say I like uh, I knew somebody who was kind of the opposite of me also mm-hmm. where. They said, well, they don't, or her line was, they don't come to see me at work. <laughs> like, well, you're not entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what do I get out of it? I, there's a, f- a few things, and it t- kind of depends. Um, I, for a while, I was working up in uh, Southfield in Michigan um, while living down here. So mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd stay nights with my family or a friend up there and find myself alone. I'd, I'd got into a, a routine where I'd go to a concert by myself because oftentimes oh. my friend would have to work. I wouldn't be able to find someone to go with. Um, so what I get out of 
shows where I'm there by myself is different than when I'm with somebody else because I, I just like you said talk to anybody yeah. like just have conversations like in the men's room and in, in line for beers it just uh or like DTE when you're up in the lawn and you can just kind of roam around yeah um met some people that way had like had some fun times that way um but other than that just like the music part it, there's a kind of a shared energy that okay. that uh you don't I mean, really, uh, sporting events is the only other place where it's comparable. Mm-hmm. But with sporting events, it's it's kind of up in the air. <laughs> you can your team can get blown out, and you get negative energy or no energy. It's shared, but still, right. it could be negative or positive. Yeah, there's yeah. camaraderie, but it's unpredictable. Whereas a concert, <laughs> you, you've all got you you're with, and I've read this before. You're in a in a big space with a lot of people with at least one thing in common, mm-hmm. and that is. And plus, there there's the theatric part of it. Um, mm-hmm. Some some bands throw a lot more attention into their their visuals, their lighting, their uh, stage design, and I've always kind of been fascinated with how how you how what you see can manipulate okay. what you feel. Yeah, uh, which I mean, music obviously does that too. But some bands ignore the visual completely, and some like are it's a really big part of what they do. Yeah. Um, so there's, in that light, no pun intended, there, <laughs> there's different <laughs> things you can take out of it depending on who yeah, you see yeah. and where and when. That's what I was going to say before you said the sports aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where, when you said shared energy, that's, that's why I like, not necessarily, um, I do enjoy going to stadiums, mm-hmm. but even being at home with your family or friends that also like that team you're watching right. on TV. Yep. Um, but you, you're right. There is that same energy of, of, Oh shit! Our team's going down. Right. Or hooray! They're winning by forty. Yep. You know, that's you know. So my dad, my dad likes to watch games by himself, mm-hmm. uh, or does not like to watch games by himself oh. because he gets too into it. Yep. If I'm there <laughs> or somebody else, like he can just chit chat, not necessarily about the game, yeah. but just about whatever. And yep. he likes it a lot better. I'm the I'm the same way, but like, it, I, I guess it depends what I'm watching. I will, I, if I'm watching something by myself, a lot of times I'd rather watch just some. Some random two teams. Okay, yeah. So I yeah. just have it on, and I might learn something about some mm-hmm. player or this or that. But if it's my own team, then everything becomes magnified, and it's a big <laughs> deal. And yeah, it gets. Uh, I'm not as bad as I used to be, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, me, yeah, me neither. I was never yeah. horrible, but right. having kids changed that for me. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I know, um, like I, I love watching it with my wife and mm-hmm. my dad. But my favorite person to watch any sports with is my son. Because we could the same thing. We could be watching just two random teams, but mm-hmm. I like it because he'll ask me questions about yes. things. Yep, and I get that has I, to be cool. <laughs> yeah, and then in my brain, I'm like, oh, he was like getting into it mm-hmm. a little bit because these aren't even our teams, right. you know. And sometimes I'll just say on a, like tomorrow, um, I'll remind him that hey, there's a football game on, and he'll like, oh, let's turn it on, you mm-hmm. know, and, and like even just that, like it's not. I'll tell him it's not the Cowboys. He goes, that's all right, we'll watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so so that that's fun too is just having having somebody, especially for me, having my little buddy there next to me for sure. You know, helping or uh, enjoying what I enjoy. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So you're uh, speaking of sports. You're wearing your Michigan State jersey. Yes. Um. I I've I've known two. Well, I should say three. Uh, big Michigan State fans. Um. One was one of my teachers at Owens who went there. Um, you and then a friend of mine I used to work with at U- UTMC. Uh, I don't know too many Michigan State fans, but, no. the, but the ones I do know, they're like ride or die. Like, <laughs> let's let's do it. You know. Yeah, we're a passionate lot, uh, <laughs> and that wasn't 
always uh, the case. I growing up in Livonia, I grew up a Michigan fan actually. And, oh wow! And okay. Through my years at state, I remained one just because I would tell people like they're taking my money. I don't, <laughs> they don't need my soul to. <laughs> but then after graduation, I lived in Seattle for a while, and everybody kept saying, "Oh, Michigan! You went to Michigan? I'm like, no, state." Uh... And I started to get that chip, that Spartan chip on my shoulder <laughs> that that uh, we're kind of known for. Um, that's fascinating it, <laughs> that you you stayed your your fandom stayed until yeah, you were done. That's I probably would have had a lot more friends if I didn't do that. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't over the top and obnoxious about it. I just um I like I had all my my Michigan clothes from growing up and yeah. stuff. And I you know I still liked Michigan State, but I I got so tired of their uh their obsessiveness over Michigan and, and mm. the whole. Uh, Oh, I don't care if we go one in ten as long as we that one is Michigan. Like that's really dumb. That's horrible. You make us all look dumb. And the <laughs> and the athletic department at the time was really just uh, there was a lot of infighting, and they couldn't get out of their own. And they just did stupid stuff all the time, and mm. it was just ugh, it was kind of <laughs> gross. Um, and uh, I've noticed too that you go you go to games there a few yeah. times, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I try to. Um, the, I you know, I try to get. Like basketball games are tough because you never know what the weather's going to be that yeah. time of year. Um, and football has gotten tougher because, uh, you know, if a friend of mine that I went to, I usually go with, he's got kids now. He's a little, it's tougher on him to go and he works nights. And then one of our other friends uh, lives lives uh, way down south now. Um, so that's that's a tricky one, too. Man, just life and family. Just Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say getting away because that sounds bad, but it does. Like. Yeah. There's more important things and and you're just like, man, this but this and you all agree if we go, this is gonna be awesome. But right. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> right. And you know, I don't have the big pile of friends to, to go back to. Well, you alienated. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I can look them up and be like, hey, weren't you the asshole where Michigan stuff? Like, that was then, man. People can kick heroin, they can kick this too. <laughs> that that's so <laughs> that's so crazy to me. That, I mean, I'm sure that you're not the only person that not not even at Michigan State that that happens to. Yeah, there were a few uh, there. Sure, but yep. uh, man, <laughs> that's crazy. If social media were around at the time, I probably could have like formed a little group. <laughs> we we all could have hung out, did yeah. other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd have friends. Yeah. But then you'd lose them because now you're a Michigan State fan. Yeah. yeah. And most of my like good friends from high school either went to Michigan or just didn't uh didn't go up there so yeah that made it tricky too did uh was your or are your parents michigan fans uh or how'd you it's just you, just because you grew up in michigan you started liking michigan yeah it was it was really they were on tv and michigan state wasn't back mm, then okay. um that was most of it but uh to this day i've um got family and cousins that uh went to michigan some work for the university and have for decades mm. uh one was a drum major in the band oh. um so yeah they are have deep like waist deep yeah. <laughs> in the maize and blue. So when they when they do well, I'm happy because at least I know they're happy. Mm-hmm. And after a while, the the bitch and ammonia get just starts to wear on you. It's like <laughs> just win, man. Do something good. Yeah. So I was I was happy for them this year uh, thus far. Yeah. What do you think about your, your new coach? Uh, my new coach. I am I am a fan. Yeah. He is he's fun and, and I like the way I like the way he's using the transfer portal and bringing talent in, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he seems really effective at, at galvanizing, yeah, and getting kind of utilizing that that chip on the shoulder and kind of going with it. He he fits everything about the school that I know to be. Yeah. He fits that really well, and I think that's why they gave him that big contract because he. Uh, 
it's 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 not a mismatch. Mm-hmm. Like they he his vibe matches the school's vibe, so just let's roll with it. <laughs> and and man, people uh, and I mean people are dumb in general, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. just to, like bashing that contract after they lost to Ohio State. Like <laughs> yeah. okay, it's one game, <laughs> right? And it's Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, but the season overall was still a success. Yeah. You know, like that, and that's what they're paying. They're not. Yes, mm-hmm. do you guys want to win national championships and go to the playoffs? Yes, that all that is is accurate, but. Uh, I don't know. Worst case scenario, you're Kurt Ferentz and you're at Iowa for right. 50 years. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, right. and every once in a while, you don't have to play those other guys. And right. You make you skate through. You know. Unfortunately yep. for Michigan State, you do have to play those teams every year. Yep. But um, it was still a good year. And and that kind, you know, and and yes, the, it's a giant contract, but that's what you got to do now. <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, how, you brought up transfer portal too. How do you feel about? Uh, I have pretty strong feelings about kids leaving uh, mm-hmm. schools. Sure. Um, like I, I don't care that they leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, coaches get to leave whenever they right. want to. I get to leave my job. Uh, I've only been at the Metro Parks less than two years. I left the job when I was there for seven years. I get to leave, find better things. Yep. They're adults too. Okay. Everyone always says kids. These kids. <laughs> they're adults. Uh, yes, they're they're young adults. But if they if they have a better opportunity other places, why why stop them from going other places? Right. You know. Right. And I I've kind of gone 180 on it. I. Well, before it it became the transfer portal, I was starting to kind of lean that way for the same reasons you mentioned. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, it, it just, it makes sense, and it's, it, it kind of helps equalize, equalize things a little, a little more, mm-hmm. and it's, it just, it does take into account the, the, for lack of a better word, the rights of the player. Yeah, um, yeah. And that they're individuals and they have they have needs to be met. And yeah, it makes things a little chaotic, but uh, <laughs> I've heard like in the last week or so, like some of the coaches whining about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, that's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I said, last I looked, you get seven figures, uh, figure it out. That's, and you, a, that's you, your job. <laughs> and you also just pulled in three of those kids off the transfer portal. <laughs> right. So what, what, <laughs> right. I don't know what you're complaining yeah, about. Yeah, it's a two-way <laughs> portal, dude. <laughs> You'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, so let's get back. I I enjoy talking about sports, so I wanted to kind of jet off in that little uh, wing. I got the jersey on. I brought this on myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So so you've been in radio. What what do you do now? I don't even know. um, Uh, Like day job-wise? Yeah, Um, yeah. Right now I work at a a software company in Sylvania. Okay. Uh, Just a little small company that I kind of stumbled into. I mentioned I was doing that Southfield job. Yeah. And that was fine while my parents were around and, and my friend had had the time and the space. And then in the span of a year or two, uh, the friend had two kids, two boys about 14 months apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mom uh, had cancer and succumbed to it in about, f- in about five months. Oh, wow. And then dad, we needed, you know, that left dad alone. So we needed to have him in assisted living. So... It went from being perfect to absolutely wrong uh, <laughs> in yeah. about in about a year. Yeah. Um, so I forgot what question I was answering. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, just like how you were talking about where you were working. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. Once once it became once we had dad in assisted living, that was like November, right after Halloween of 2014. Okay. 
the week of Christmas that year, I started looking for jobs down here, and the first one I saw was the one I'm still at now oh, nice. to this okay. day. So it was kind of meant to be, yeah. and it brought me, it cut my pay pretty badly, but uh, it, it brought me my time back. Yeah. And time, as you know, time becomes far more valuable as you go along. Mm-hmm. So it, it came at a perfect time. Yeah. And that's, and that's something I, I try to tell even the, the kids <laughs> I coach, like, find something, A, find something you really like to do. Um, but also that allows you to, if that's your job, but also allows you to have hobbies and do other things on right. the side. And after that, it doesn't, you know, bogart your time. Right. Um, the old uh, life work balance. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's, I think it's super important because oh, yeah. you can't always, um, I mean, you can't always make a million dollars and then have also have 24 hours to use. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, so, so that allowed you to do, you know, improv and stand up and yeah. all that stuff, right? Yeah, because uh, looking back on it, sometimes the timing really meshes with that because, um, what, 20, 2015 was when we sold the house and everything. And, like, the house was sold in May, and by Labor Day, I was uh, hitting the stage, uh-huh. like, doing... Wow. Doing stuff and it was pretty regular from there, you know, except for like when you know, when dad got sicker, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, beyond that, I was I was getting as much stage time as I could. And, starting uh, then, was it was it uh, comedy first or was it your imp- improv? It was comedy first. Okay. Uh, that was what 20, 2015. and then the improv. I took a couple classes. I think it was the start of sixteen. Yeah, and then kind of didn't do too much with it for a few more years, and then. Uh, opportunity started to show up again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, when you first started get on stage, were you the same as you are now, or was it is, was it a big difference, or is it kind of uh, um, as far as comfort level, or like what or as I far was as like doing, what you were doing? What it was, yeah. um, it was similar at the start. Um, I, <laughs> I I remember one of my one of my first bits I did was uh, saying like comparing. Comparing Barney this Barney the dinosaur to Elvis, yeah, uh, how like Dino was Elvis in in his youth, where he was like high energy, like rah, 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 like that, and yeah, then, and then Barney was, <laughs> uh, so there was, I guess there was that element of it, like mm-hmm. music and impressions and stuff, but I was also trying trying to be more, I was more myself mm-hmm. in my in my stuff then, and when I noticed when. The difference between then and now is that trying to do more of my own material, when that doesn't hit well, I start to crumble a little bit. Oh, okay. And or not crumble, but just uh, like feel it a little. Yeah, bit. I f- yeah, I feel it. Whereas if I'm in a character or or a parody or something like that, it's a uh, there's more steam in the engine. Okay. And it's it, that's something where if you don't commit to it, you're going to look dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> and it might look dumb if you're doing it right, but you, you have to do it and stick with it yeah. to even know. Cause if you bail on it, it'll look dumb. So it, yeah, it's, it's just easy. It's a, it's a bus. Like to me, it's like a bigger bus, but it's easier to drive. Well, Whereas well, if it's just me, it's, it's just rinky dink and doesn't. Bleh. Well that, and if it's just you, they're <clears> like, Oh, they're not laughing at me. But if it's an impression, like, oh, they're not laughing at this person. Exactly. That I'm doing. Yeah, there's there's really less at stake, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. a way. Um, and I and I know that's as far as not laughing at me. Like, there's only so you can only take that so personally mm-hmm. and and be healthy. Um, but I, I think for me, I'm I just have more fun 
doing something more ab- absurd and, and weird that because yeah. everybody talks about themselves and there's a lot of selves to listen about and I'd rather I just gravitate more easily to other stuff. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you how do you write your your any of your bits or anything you do? Um, I don't write as often as I would like. I I'll have something just pop in my head and I'll write it down. That's ideally how it works. And then if I have the time then and there, uh, sometimes I'll write it all out. And if I don't, I'll at least get the idea down. So I can explore it later or, yeah. or work on it later. That's that's usually how how I go. And if I knew how how to, I guess, prompt myself into writing more, mm-hmm. I would. But if, I just when an idea comes, I try to write it down, and yeah. that's <laughs> that's yeah. that's uh, the best the best results for me. Yeah. That was that way. Well, me too. Otherwise, I'll forget. <clears throat> Uh, mm-hmm. Immediately, it's it, and it's not one of those things like oh I thought of this laying in bed I'll I'll get to it in the morning because I know I'll forget it then. Right. Sometimes it's like what did I just think about ten minutes ago? Yeah. You know, because <laughs> there's so much yeah. stuff happening. Yep. You know, and and, yeah. and but it is good to 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 just put a five five word sentence down like so I'll know exactly what I was talking about. Right. Know? Right, I, I even like, do. I even do that with football, with football plays and mm-hmm. stuff. If I see something on TV, I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. I remember to write it down tomorrow." And I'm like, "No, I better get up right now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's something I've gotten more comfortable with. I, I went through a time where Saturday mornings I would just wake up at four thirty, five o'clock for no reason and just have something in my head that would keep me awake. And sometimes I wouldn't write it down, and then I'd forget. I'm like, "Really? I was up for an hour just laying there thinking oh, about yeah, nothing else." Yeah. But then once, um, I at the this was, I guess, this was improv that I hadn't, I didn't consider was improv. Uh, I was in a dinner theater group that performed at Spaghetti Warehouse downtown. This was, uh, yeah, no four, like six months after I moved here. Okay. Um, and it just popped in my head to do this um, Dracula lounge singer bit, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just got it was you know, five five thirty in the morning. I just got up and just wrote it out, uh-huh. and that was that was a bit in our Halloween show. And I don't think I've ever had inspiration quite that clean since. Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. that was like, oh, that was easy. I guess, <laughs> Super specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like down to the words and stuff. And I I, I forget. Yeah, I think it was um, the person who ran the show said, "We, you know, did you ever see the SNL where Travolta hosted and he was he was Dracula? It's like, we want to have something like that with but kind of a Sinatra vibe. And... Like okay, so like I went home and tried to think of it, and then uh, that that morning I yeah. woke up and that's how that came to be. Wow! And, and you never know when those things are going to pop up, right? Too, you know, right? And and now at least we have phones where yeah. if we're in a bad spot or we don't yeah. have a pen or something, we can jot that stuff down real quick. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that helps too. <laughs> um, obviously, with improv, you don't know what's going to happen, right? Right. You're, that's the nature of improv. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do stand up. Do you is it is it opposite of improv? Like you have your stuff written out. This is exactly what I'm going to say and do. Or you have you do you go up on stage just go well. I'm, I think I'm going to do this. I usually have uh, like a list of the premises that I plan to hit, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's embarrassing to me how often I will leave one out or mm. uh, <laughs> or or go go to another one forgetting about one that I, I had in mind. <laughs> Um, but yeah, usually, usually I have, uh, or I'll have at least one thing I want to hit and I might be random about the other stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and then get to whatever the the highlight was going to be. I learned for myself if I don't prepare it word for word and mm-hmm. know exactly what I'm saying, I'm it's going to be horrible. It happened <laughs> to be one time, and I never I never did that again. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> it was at I, I always forget the uh, the bar. I think it's George's now, um, but it was. I remember Jacob Whiteman. Uh, he used to run a room uh, downtown. I forget exactly what it's called. I remember um, hmm. um, who used to go there. Well, Mike used to go there at the time. Uh, Kevin. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, Reese would go there, too. Yep. There was a piano on the stage. Gosh, I wish I knew, oh, what, I, I wish yeah. I knew what it was called. But anyway, that that's where I did it. And then afterward. Was it the Moxie or yes, something? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Moxie. Because uh, it was Jacob did that a little bit. And then somebody else ran it, too. Um, I forget his name now. But... Um, I went on stage one time there, and I was like, "Ah, I think I got it." And I was on, I was on stage for like three minutes, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm done." And it was, I was like, "God, that sucked. <laughs> that sucked." That was actually the first place I did it in Toledo. Once I got, oh really, got going again in 2015. Yeah, it was just as it was fading out. Okay, it was one All of the right. last times, and I think it was a, I think it was an open mic that was part comedy, part music. It was just whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. The, 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 they uh, there's been some really good ones that I enjoyed. Mm. Well, my very first one I did was at the, uh, the comic club here in Perrysburg, the Funny Bone. Oh yeah, they used to have them, mm-hmm. and they and then they stopped for a while. Um, but then like to go to that one as my very first one is like, <laughs> all right, now I'm going to the Moxie or I'm going to the Hookah Bar at ten o'clock yeah. at night, or yeah. you know what I mean. Yep. But but there's like I'm glad Ottawa Tavern's back. Yep, that was always one of the, my favorite ones when Keith ran that. That was fun. Yep. Um, and now uh, Loudmouth, what's his name? <laughs> crumbly crumbly yeah yeah Yeah, it's going on tonight yeah he's he is he is uh just everywhere doing everything now (laughs) yeah yeah so i'm glad i'm glad things picked up especially after covid home slice is coming back now um it would be nice to get that rooftop back but that was keith's thing so i don't know if that's ever gonna come yeah yeah i'm hoping uh, next summer we can pull it or someone can pull that off because that was a really ideal place you got a different crowd there and it was always it was always humming and um yeah it was just a ghoul ghoul (laughs) cool uh cool vibe up there for sure and and it was unique like to have it on just on the roof of a building Mm -hmm. you know and and i think that's what helped draw people out there too you know and then just well i know just from when i ran a room with my brother-in-law for a little bit um like to get people to not to not only like, hey, here's this first night. I had a, I told people about it. They came, but then mm-hmm. for people to ask, like, hey, can I be on your show? Like, right, <laughs> like, that's cool, man. Or I heard good things about it. Can I be on there? You yeah, know, it makes you feel good. It makes you, I liked having another spot. You know, albeit once a month, but at least it was another spot that people could get on stage for sure. Yeah, yeah. and just getting the word out about local comedy there because yeah. most of the clientele there were people that didn't know about the scene mm-hmm. as it is. Yeah. Um. So when when you got them in there and you could say, oh yeah, we do this other. Other times, other places, they're just yeah. kind of blown away. Like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always hated starting it like, okay, um, for you that don't know, we're about to have a comedy show. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then half the people get up. Like, yeah. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> uh, so so you, um, where have you done, worked on, did improv? Uh, uh, let's see. I did like two rounds of classes with uh, the Toledo Repertory th- Theater. Okay. Um, that was in 2016, and then just uh, just this past summer, I guess I took uh, took another uh, level three class uh, with Glass City Improv, 
Uh, and actually, we have a performance uh, this Friday. Oh, do you? Yes, at uh, Valentine Theater Studio A. Oh, a- awesome. 8 o'clock Friday night, plug, plug, plug. Yeah, yeah, this will be, <laughs> yeah, it'll be out tomorrow. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, th- yeah, Thursday when this comes out, it'll be tomorrow. Tomorrow, Friday, nice. the 17th. Um, and it's it's got heavy hitters on it. There's uh, Emily Garrow, Don Kingman, Mike Santry, uh, some others I'm blanking on because I'm a horrible person. <laughs> uh, and there, there's it ends with long form with uh, Nick Morgan, who pretty much runs the, the show there, uh, Diana and Aaron Canary, I believe. So what's the long form? Uh, long form is when they take, <clears throat> well, you, you just give them uh, suggestions of, like a relationship, uh, a place. Oh, okay, okay. And then they just kind of roll 20 minutes. Okay. Uh, there's three of them, and they'll... It's not 20 minutes of one continuous scene, necessarily, but they'll they'll take one to its to its end and then cut scene and, and okay. then kind of transfer into another one. That usually is... They'll close the show with that. Um, there's a showcase for the current classes or class that's ending now. Um, so you have a student performance and then there's also, uh, the one I'm in, it'll be like two teams of three, I think, uh, that are doing improv games, like, like whose line it's in anyway, oh, okay. kinda, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's $15 tickets, I think. Okay. Um, but it's glasscityimprov.com. Is it, can you get, you get you can tickets, get tickets there yep. or get them online? Right. Yeah, or you well, have to get them online. Uh, you can get them online, glasscityimprov.com, Got and it. also at the door. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's on it's the little side door of Valentine Theater on Adams. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's that's where the improv is at right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's uh, that's always been one thing that I it's really cool and I enjoy watching it, but mm-hmm. it, it seems so hard to do. It, yeah, I it's it's weird in the class. Like some things I really roll well, and and others I I don't. I don't. I, I wish I understood my strengths and weaknesses better, <laughs> uh, better that, than I do. And that just come with more time doing it. Yeah, think? yeah, more time, more time doing it, more um, more time doing it with the. Similar people that mm-hmm. is, you can kind of learn your timing. Um, the actual, actual, actually, at the end of my last class, the showcase we did, the long form part, I was really kind of dreading because that I had just not really done well with it. Sure. And then I don't know what came over me, but I, I, I just kind of kicked it to eleven, <laughs> and and that made it much easier. Okay, and. I, it was more fun, and the audience seemed to get into it. And uh, yeah, I, I wish I had thought of that sooner. <laughs> it's just like, well, take what you're doing and just do more, do it more. Yeah. And every everybody kind of feeds off that, and you're feeding off of everybody else. And that that was uh, I was glad glad I experienced that because it it uh, kind of changed changed my outlook on it. Yeah. Or improved it, I should say. Do you, if you're kind if you're working with the same people, mm-hmm. do you do you tend to um, not know what they're going to say, but do they have like a certain thing that here's what these people do all the time? Or you try to avoid that. I would imagine you try to avoid stuff like that with improv, right? Right. Yeah. You don't want to fall into a rut. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, you get a sense of what, um, what the strengths are, what the weaknesses are. Um, if like some are better at, at finding blank space and, and filling it uh-huh. and some are better at, um, kind of toning down if it's if things are kind of ramping up they kind of 
bring bring it back down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just that that kind of thing, like knowing not knowing what people are going to say, but but kind of knowing where the tempo is going to go. Okay. Um, and the, bearing in mind that I'm still pretty new at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, ask me this weekend after the show, I could have a totally different <laughs> <laughs> different spiel. I don't know. Yeah. That, whenever people talk about improv, it reminds me of Ted or Ted Two. I, th- I think it's the second one. I can't remember where they're they're in the audience, uh, Mark Wahlberg and and the teddy bear, mm-hmm. and they're they're in the audience of an improv show, and they're asking like, okay, give us a place, and so it was like New York City during nine eleven, <laughs> or they're like uh, like give us <laughs> give us a place, uh, the offices of Charlie Hegbo or whatever, like, and they're like, come on guys, we're like what we're giving you gold here, <laughs> I I mean to to be reliant on on audiences for some mm-hmm. of that, uh, that seems a little scary too. Yeah. Yeah, it can be, because um, I like it was a problem in the the first class showcase because it was all like in the gutter kind of stuff. And uh, but this last the the last class that showcase uh, there it was either classier <laughs> classier input or the uh, the the person running the show just had a sharper ear for the better stuff. Got it. Okay. <laughs> it could have been both. Yeah, yeah, because I mean people are. I don't know. I've never been to an improv show. Is there if someone says, "Hey, give us a place or a person or whatever," is there a bunch of info? Yeah. Or okay. Yeah. I, usually, I just, there's a lot of input because they they know it's coming. Okay. You know, or okay. they the the audience knows that they're going to be asked. Um, I, I the first I think this was the first improv show I went to when I when I lived in Seattle. There was uh, they had improv Olympics out there. Okay. And we went to check it out, and uh, somebody they were asking for a genre and. So, some dude said surreal <laughs> and they they changed the lighting they like turned it all blue and they were like i'm two feet tall and and all this and at the end when they were doing their bows and stuff the one of the girls in the team's like surreal i love you i love you <laughs> and that that always stuck with me it's like oh you really can just kind of random like yeah. the more random and kind of off the wall, the the more fun it is for the performers. I would imagine that seems yeah. to be a general rule from what I've seen so far. Yeah, because if if it is out there, then whatever you say, like it's going to lend to the the selection, or right? Whatever, right? Because it it opens up it's something not specific. It opens it up a little bit more. It makes mm-hmm. it easier for you guys on stage. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And it's still I don't know. It's still terrifying. You, yeah. you, you just <laughs> talked a bunch about improv, and I still. You know, it's cool. You know, it's I mean. The, the closest I ever got to that was I went to a moth, moth uh, story slam, mm. or, or I don't remember what it's yeah story slam, um, and you, I put my name in a hat and you're just waiting to be called. Oh well, uh, I went twice and both times I got called. Hmm. Uh, I had my story prepared, but it's still one of those things like oh, <laughs> oh I gotta go. You yeah, know? Uh, yeah, that would be a rush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it was it was cool. I wish I wish there was some some here in Toledo. Mm-hmm. I think Toledo's big enough where we could have one of those. Yeah. Um but I there's think so. Yeah, but there's because there's several in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know if you've ever been to one of those. I don't I know of them but yeah. I haven't oh, been they're, they're pretty cool. Huh. Uh, I really enjoy it. I just I like telling stories and hearing stories so so that that's perfect for that, you know. Their podcast is really cool too. Mm. Um but it was a it even knowing your my name is in the hat um <laughs> and I put it there I'm still like, ah, I want you to pick me, but I, I right. don't want you to pick me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, if you're not picked, you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Wouldn't, uh, wouldn't feel left out. Yeah. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But, but it's, it was cool. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It'd be something to check out. Yeah. Um, now, when you're, when you're doing improv, is, I don't, and again, I'm asking because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you you do a lot of impressions, right. and um, is that something you can do in improv? Uh, I like to. I I know in the classes they kind of there were some exercises where they would ask you like if whoever whoever or whatever you can do an impression of or or accents or things like that. For me, it makes it more fun, mm-hmm. um, and it makes uh, it it makes the, your your partners kind of it gives them something else to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part of it, I, I, I like a lot. A lot of times I don't remember to, to use it, okay, but it's yeah. like, it's something you, <laughs> you can do. But, uh, like the, one of the games that comes up a lot is, uh, it's called Jimmy, I think it's called Jimmy the Pigeon okay. or Joey the Pigeon, one of the two. And, uh, it's just, you just say like, you, they take a few, a few suggestions from the audience, usually of just a thing. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, say airplane, did you hear about Jimmy the airplane? Uh, he, that was a bad example, because, <laughs> nice improv, Joe, yeah, come, come on out and see that magic. <laughs> uh, uh, that's good. Uh, like, Jim, oh, uh, you hear about Jim, Jimmy the, the, the waiter, yeah. and I, like, I'm just, when I do it, and it's just a line, what they call a lineup game, where you just line okay, up against yeah. the wall, and like, yeah. if you think of it, you just come out and Got say, it. hey. And when I do this, I like just pick up a New York accent and like change my face. Like, hey, did you hear about Joey the Pigeon? Or, yeah, Joey yeah. the Pigeon, he, uh, he pooped himself. You know, yeah. just something dumb like that. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's dumb. Sometimes it's uh, it's more clever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the timing of it to me is what what makes it work. Yeah. You just come on out and you you know somebody's going to say something. It could be corny. It could be gold. And you don't know until you hear it. Yeah. Um, and that so that and it's kind of a nice little filler game. Okay. Where everybody, if you have something, you get to go out and say it. Mm-hmm. So. Now I. Uh, well, what are some of your favorite impressions to do? I've, uh, I've seen you do several. Uh, well. Do you have like ones that you, or maybe you? It's not like you. You like these are my favorite, but you know the crowd likes these particular ones. Uh the big winner lately has been Bill Burr. Which really? I, I, yeah. Which I don't. I don't think I, 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 I don't think I, I don't think I, I do it that well. <laughs> Some people say that just they they want that. See, like right. <laughs> uh, and what's fun about it is it makes me lightheaded. <laughs> like, like, I I just end up putting out too much energy to say what I need to say and just get, get you know. That's good. I, I, I don't think I've heard that in a while. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. And my favorite, but my favorite part about it is, and I always forget to do it, is his, his little laugh at the end when he says, "Like you know," <laughs> and I never remember that that laugh until you know, until I'm sitting in a chair like this. <laughs> and then, and did uh, does that kind of stuff like that, like all these like little things, especially when you do an impression, it's the little things that mm. really, and that laugh, like you're like, oh, that's one thing that'll really hit it, you know? Yeah, when like when I'm watching somebody and i'm trying to get the big part mm-hmm. of it uh, like the the voice or the volume or whatever it is and then i'll pick up on something smaller like the laugh that's uh, probably the best example is um if the big part if you miss on the big part you might catch somebody on the little part like yeah. oh yeah he does that laugh too yeah um things like that and i notice too when i when i do when i do the impressions my face kind of contorts the same way theirs does like uh i'll do occasionally i'll do a, a gilbert Gottfried, and i notice i <laughs> crumple my face 
I close my eyes and and and, <laughs> and my arms go up by my face and it's 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 a whole it kind of well, helps you do consumes. everything. Yeah. yeah, if I was just sitting still with my arms down and my eyes wide open, I don't know what that would, yeah, <laughs> would sound like. I'm to afraid do. to find out. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, I I remember seeing you. Uh, a lot of the impressions I would see you do is music, right? When you and like seeing seeing songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you like? Wh- why did you decide? Because that's not. I feel like it's not something comedians do. They a lot or impressionists do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do you do a lot of that. Yeah, and somehow it just kind of took off. And I'm I'm trying to remember now what the zenith was of that, mm-hmm. how it started. Well, you didn't even bring your own music. Yeah, I like that part too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of a, a separate thing um, um, of its own but the the musical impressions I've, I've noticed uh it's an easier way for me to remember my material okay. for one because uh, I'm, I'm writing it it's rhymy it, it's, yeah. there's a rhythm to it and you're staying in character so all those three things uh kind of they all play play off each other and help mm-hmm. um but uh, looking back on it one of my one of my first um my first time at Laughs Inc. at one of those oh, yeah. contests they used to do there, yeah. and actually I, I met Anthony Martinez and, and Kevin Schmidt, not Kevin Schmidt, Kevin, um, uh, Kevin, yeah, Kevin Mike's Mike's friend, Reese's friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking Good about. Good lord, um, yeah, I, I met them this way. I <laughs> I started my set with an English accent. I said, um, it pardon me, I I'm nervous. And when I get nervous, I, I try to I try to sing, and when when I start, I like broke into this rap like yeah. uh, not it's I don't remember the whole thing, but yeah. uh, it was like not not musical enough to call not musical enough to call oh not not musical enough to call melody not comical enough to call comedy something 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 like that. Yeah. So I went from like English to this uh, weird rap, and it, that was it gave me. Uh, it kind of. I wasn't too nervous. I wasn't so nervous. I had to have an accent, or that I had it. to okay. sing a song. Yeah. But it it did uh, it did take care of remembering, yeah. <laughs> uh, memorizing the the material, mm-hmm. um, and it, it gave me like for being new and nobody knowing who I am, the English accent worked yeah because <laughs> uh and anthony when anthony and kevin approached after the after the show he said yeah so you come out we're like okay this english guy <laughs> <laughs> and we're like oh what an english guy from toledo okay and then broken breaking from that into the this weird rap thing i so i guess long story short that's what started the musical thing and then from that i think the nine inch nails bit was the next to come along. Um, and I, I wish I remember what prompted that idea. What was that? <laughs> oh, it was a birthday thing. It was a birthday song okay, somehow. That's what it was. Like, yes. Oh, yeah. I know what it was. Um, it was uh, on YouTube. I forget the guy's name, but um, there's a bit on YouTube called This Is a, this is a Trent Reznor Song. Okay. And it's, it's taken off one of, it's a parody of one of Nine Inch Nails' newer songs. And it's a spot on. Sounds like it. the The video style is similar, and it's uh, just this perfect parody. And I kept watching it over and over. Like, there's something here. There's an idea that should be explored. Yeah. And 
I forget how I I think the the birthday idea of it just was because it's an idea for a song and it's it's good for a group and mm-hmm. you can bring somebody on stage. It was an excuse to have somebody on stage, which for whatever reason I thought it's funnier. It, it's funnier than than having just me on stage just doing this business is having me on stage doing that with somebody else on stage who has no idea <laughs> like why why What's is this happening right yeah, yeah yeah and to, like as an audience member that that always works better on me is mm-hmm. is seeing like one of my people up there representing all of the rest of the crowd <laughs> not knowing what to do yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah it's uh I that's one of those I, I do that for me, <laughs> and if and the audience <laughs> likes it, so lucky me. <laughs> there, you know, there is a lot of a lot of those where, and comedians always say like, I have this joke that I really love, yeah. and it works half the time, but I love it. So yeah. guess what? You're gonna hear it <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, and 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 you have to do that. You know, you're doing this a to make other people happy and laugh, but you mm-hmm. also need to be happy and laugh while you're doing it. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, right? and if if I didn't like it, if there's something I don't like, I don't write it. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. And if I mean, I, I can't think of anything that uh, that an audience has liked that I that I'd rather not do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know I'm f- not that good. <laughs> 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 like, I don't have that much stuff where I can be picky and choosy about yeah. what I deliver. Well, that and and I think. That would lend to being like really famous when you're known for this thing, right? Like, like Burt Kreischer always telling his machine story, mm-hmm. and he he tells the story, and it's like a I don't know, like a twenty minute story or something. But that's how he got famous. That's how it went. It went viral, and then he's real good friends with Tom Segura, and they mm-hmm. would he'd keep telling him, like you're still doing that story. He <laughs> goes, I feel like when I do when I do sets. And I, I'm touring. People are coming to see that story. Yeah. So, I, so he, they call it the, like their stairway to heaven. Right. Like yeah. that's. The, this, I feel like they should do that. Now, I don't think he does it anymore. Mm-hmm. I think every once in a while he'll do it. But that's that's the part where it's like I don't like it, but they do. Yeah. And and this is this is why they're here. Yeah. You know. And for me or you, that that hasn't happened yet. Because <laughs> yeah. we're, we'll we're let you know. Here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the the first example I saw of that was uh, Dennis Miller back in the. I, I forget what bit it was, but I, I think it was. Oh, I think it was the uh, him saying him talking about Ronald Reagan having the having access to the button. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like he's eighty three years old. Our, my grandfather's eighty three years old. We don't even let him get the remote control. <laughs> and everybody laughs. He's like, eh, that joke's become my free bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just and it kind of did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially if you label it right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of takes a sting out of it when you're doing the labeling. Yeah, and instead of a critic or something. Which, yeah, again, it's miles down the road. Sure, sure. <laughs> what what do you what do you hope to? I guess at the end of this, like, what do you want to do with all, with your improv and your comedy and? I I don't know. I when I when I started I had uh you know dreams of of becoming stardom. a comic or or yeah something like maybe not even stardom like Brian Regan maybe. Mm-hmm. He was just he's touring, he's a pro like that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I would I would be fine with that, but uh I don't have the drive I don't have the drive that that comics need to make that happen. But I'm starting to notice as I go along that I, I seem to have a role as a, as to some degree as a f- facilitator. Mm. I like helping comics find each other. I mm. like helping comics find rooms. Um, I will, 
advice is a strong word for it, but I, I do like to oh. give very general advice. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, keep keep working at it. <laughs> uh, keep If you're yeah, writing, room, write more. Yeah. Um, yeah, meet meet as many people as you can. Hang around till the end of the show, t- talk. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, it's, I guess, like a positive version of a shit starter. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I it just uh, recently, oh, or like just that. this year, um, I started I hosting my own room now out in uh, Port Clinton. Oh, at, nice. Uh, Catawba Island yeah, okay. Brewing Company. There's another plug. Yeah. Um, and that's a once a month, the first Thursday of every month. Uh, it's a seven o'clock. And so that that I am able to put more passion into that than I do into my set okay. um, because it's um, looking into the finding comics. Um, I, my girlfriend's out near Cleveland, so I'm in Cleveland more. I'm trying to get more comics out of the Cleveland area oh, okay. because it's right in between the two. Yeah. Um, and when I'm, so now I'm trying to kind of cross pollinate a little bit, get some Toledo people out on the same night where there's some, Cleveland people and they can find out about each other's uh, stages yeah. and uh, different rooms to do. Um, and, and I'm liking watching, watching comics that I was traveling around with, um, you know, like Crumbly and Jacob Barr and uh, some other fellas like mm-hmm. that, that have spent time in my car. Yeah. <laughs> I liked seeing them advance and build sure, yeah. and, and I, I just got kind of tired of the the driving around. Um, it not that it's not for me, but uh, I've got other places and other reasons to drive places now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't write enough to to fuel hounding for stage time yeah. as much as I once did, and it, that could change. I I could start hitting the, more stages more of the time, but for for now. Um, I'm liking the challenge of running a show and trying to build it. Um, and also with the, the music stuff I do, uh, I'm using that to like have walk-up music for the, for oh, the comics. Yeah. Like I'll, when I book, book comics, I'll ask like, what's what kind of, what song would you like to walk up to? And, or if they don't come up with one, I'll, I'll give them one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is fun for me. And, <laughs> uh, and I still get to work on an act because I'm hosting and I, so I have to, open the show so i i still scratch that itch mm-hmm. and i'm still performing uh locally uh, between ottawa tavern and grumpy grumpy dave's down in bg and now tin can uh just started one. Oh, really yep yep that started a couple like right before thanksgiving who's doing that oh uh bob adams i think okay. the name is um uh, and that's comedy.com, but it's a, it's a funky spelling that I can't remember. Uh, so when he listens to right. this, I'm sure he'll enjoy, enjoy me butchering that. Uh, but that's, that's, uh, that's every Thursday at nine at Tin Can, Kitty Corner from Home Plate at okay. Fifth Third Field. And then you mentioned Home Slice. That's yeah. back on, uh, every other Thursday okay. at nine, which is cool because now every other Thursday there's a double dip that out of towners can do. Yeah. They can hit one at seven, and then a block away, there's one at nine. That's good to see, just for the scene and for the town in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, get a lot of cross pollinating that way. You know, t- talking about running <clears throat> running your own show, I <clears throat> enjoyed it so much. Where I'd much rather do that, and I didn't even yeah. host the show that I ran right. after a while because I I liked organizing it. I liked uh, well, my brother in law was a big help too with mm-hmm. with all his um, stuff 
you know the the sound and the lighting and everything he did and, <laughs> until he went mad and took yeah that was, that, was that was a rough day that was a rough day i remember that one uh although it's you know it's, have a, it's, we, a, we it's a warm memory day. it's a we, warm memory now. we talked the next day he was like yeah i uh, had a little bit too much <laughs> like that's all right man that's all right you you were having fun we figured it out and yeah we were good yeah. yeah we built built character all around it was fun it was but, a good room but i enjoyed uh I enjoy being able to pay my friends. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Th- this yeah. bar is paying paying people to do comedy because I know when I first got handed money to to tell jokes, like it was, it yeah. felt really good. Yeah, even if it is ten bucks or twenty five bucks or whatever it is to host, you know. Mm-hmm. But but I got and then I got to pay headliners and stuff too. It was it was a good room, a good place because they allowed that kind of stuff and yeah. to see my friends go up there or meet new people and and because of that room, it, it was really rewarding and, and that's something yes. I really enjoyed. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a really gratifying thing, and um, and especially the way the way the the Port Clinton job came to me. There, the room had been running before COVID, and then uh, one of their their bartenders I'm friends with uh, reached out as COVID was breaking in the spring and said, "You know, our, our guy doesn't have time to run it anymore. Would you like oh. to run it?" And I I almost passed out. Like <laughs> like yo a one or one yes really I would and two and I told her I said. If I had my choice of rooms where I could run, this would be, if not the top, certainly near it. Um, so yeah, this That's is awesome. perfect. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's been good. Good. All right, Joe. Well, thanks for coming out here, man. Sure. Uh, I appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on and telling us about you. Sure. Um, uh, thanks for having me. This has I, been it's been fun. Yeah, I always tell people, even with my other podcasts, like, um, like why would people? Want to hear what I had to say? I was like, everybody wants to talk about themselves. They just don't know that they want to talk about themselves. <laughs> yeah. you know? I've always wanted to be inter- interviewed. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> it, it's a cool feeling. And, and yeah. I like doing it. I like learning more about my friends and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and in some cases, learning about people I don't even know. Like, it's, it's interesting. And if I find it interesting, um, that's a, that's my number one goal. I want to learn more about people and, and know new people, but then hopefully other people get stuff out of it too. Or For sure. hopefully it brings a couple of people to your show, you know, or Likewise, be, thank be you. Friday <laughs> or, or out in Port Clinton or wherever, you know, that's, I, this podcast is for everyone and I want everyone to get some out of it. So, yep. All right, oh, man. and, uh, if, if you, if, if anybody wants to find me on Facebook, they're welcome to do so. But there's a lot of Joe Morgans in the world, so uh, I will find yours and <laughs> I'll, I'll post it. In post the, it. Yep. In the show notes too, so people can click on that. Yep, that's a super idea. Joe yeah. Morgan Temperance is also a good a good search. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I tell people. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, when you're connecting with people. Exactly. Yep. yep. All right, man. Well, thanks again. Thank you. Thanks again to my friend comedian Joe Morgan for being on the podcast today. We hit a lot of points. Um, we're all over the map on a bunch of things. But again, and I always say this, but it, it was interesting to hear his improv background, how he got started in comedy. Um, even the Michigan State stuff, uh, going to Michigan State as a Michigan fan. You know, all those little things that you really won't get into uh, in a five minute conversation after a comedy show. So uh, if you get a chance, uh, catch him out at that improv show tomorrow. Um, at, uh, I'll post the uh, link in the show notes so you can check that out and then uh, like you said he runs that show in Port Clinton and check out all the shows in Toledo there's a bunch of you know a bunch of shows now uh, we mentioned all of, a bunch of them in, in the episode but if you like comedy uh, most of these if not all of them are free I'm pretty sure they're free go check it out it's it's part, being part of the scene is fun um, 
you know, making friends with all the comics and everything, but even just going as an audience member is fun too. So if you feel like uh, some comedy, uh, go check it out. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. It means the world to me if we can get this podcast off the ground and running. You don't have to share the whole, all the episodes. Just share one you like. Uh, one podcast, uh, if you share one, could turn into a subscriber down the road. So any little bit helps. Uh, my my Gmail is the nerdballpodcast at gmail.com. I'm on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Find me at Twitter at the Nerdball Pod. Instagram is the Nerdball Podcast, and Facebook is a page at the Nerdball Podcast. Thanks to Real JP Multimedia, Cut of Fish Graphics, Perrysburg Junior High STEM, and Big Daddy Graphics for helping out the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.